Welcome to Moms Out Loud podcast. I'm Rachel. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to episode number four. So first things first, we wanted to take some time to thank everybody who has left reviews on iTunes and on our on our Facebook page. It's a really cool way for you guys to encourage us. We love going to see that you guys enjoy different episodes and why, and it's a free way to help us out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we love, I mean, well, and I love even just... Um, the reviews help us out, but I love when our friends message us and tell us that they are loving us because it just gives us a little confidence to continue. So, Yeah, it's really cool because obviously we started this totally for fun and we will continue to do it for fun, but it's nice knowing that we're not just totally doing it for ourselves and that other people are getting some enjoyment out of it. So yeah, and listen, we'll keep doing our part. Have you ever watched Last Man Standing? No. Okay. Well, it's this. But I know it's the guy from Home Improvement. Right. So anyway, in Last Man Standing, uh, the guy has, uh, Ryan has his own podcast. And he talks about, it's so funny because he's talking about how he has 12 listeners on it. He's like, oh, wow. we're going to sit here and, and there's going to be these 12 listeners are going to be listening to our podcast. And I just laugh every time because we're talking and we don't know how many people are going to be listening, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, but it's kind of cool. Um, we are able to track how many people do listen, but... I'm really encouraged even just by that because we've only had three episodes go live and the amount of people who are still sticking by us is really cool. Yep. So we hope that you guys continue to enjoy it and that we hopefully continue to reach more moms. Oh, yeah. So what have you been up to? I have been up to... Well, we went to the beach today and in hopes of, I don't know, getting back to the beach. We were in Hawaii for a week. My house is shaking again for my washer. You guys, I got a washer and dryer in my house. And if you hear that, <laughs> it literally shakes our whole house. I mean, but I love it because I don't have to do laundry anywhere else. But we'll just wait for the spin cycle. Well, we went to the beach today because we were in Hawaii for a week. Uh, Lael and I were. And <clears throat> so we go to the beach today with the kids thinking, like, let's go to the beach. It'll be fun. And in my mind, I was thinking, we're going to re recreate beach moments you know I don't know feel good but of course we get there it's Jacksonville it's or, well it's topsail and it's just windy and cloudy and horrible and cold <laughs> yeah it's no Hawaii <laughs> no so we were just like okay after 20 minutes we were just like I guess we'll just go but the kids had fun. They wanted to go to the beach and they fed the seagulls. So that was kind of scary, actually, because they started attacking us. <laughs> so. uh, anyway, and it was like birds. Like even Lael was like, have you seen that movie Birds? And I'm like, yes, I have. Stop feeding the seagulls. I but the really, like, are you talking about like the really old movie? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but it's super famous. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the birds attack everybody and kill everybody. Yeah. It's. Yeah, don't feed the seagulls unless you want to recreate that that movie for yourself. <laughs> Usually avoid feeding any wild animals. Just, right. They never It's just better. Yeah. They don't bother me then. Yeah. yeah, they don't leave you alone. But anyway, that's yeah. what we've been up to. I mean, 
Yeah, I miss Hawaii. I don't know. Yeah, most I of you guys imagine. know if you've been following along with me. I posted so much while I was in Hawaii because I was having so much fun. Yeah, so. you did. I'm surprised that you did. But that was awesome. It was cool to get to, like, follow you along. Right. Yeah, well, and you know what? You know how much time I had without the kids, though? So, like, in, you know, we're sitting in the car, we're driving somewhere. I'm like, man, I don't have to entertain anybody. I can just sit on my phone. So, I don't know. There's so many more extra minutes that I had to post. So, Yeah, that's awesome. It was good. It was a good week. I hope week to take us. a... Uh kid-free vacation someday for sure yeah. <laughs> like whenever Roland is either like off the boob or I start like giving him a bottle or something right um but I just don't think I'd ever want to pump enough to be gone for a week no so I probably just wait till he's done yeah well that's <laughs> you know? why yeah that's why it took so long for us to take a vacation because it's been since our honeymoon that we took a vacation yeah. from them just because that's you know I was long. breastfeeding <laughs> so it's just like it's one of those things like you breastfeed that's kind of your life you don't want to go away from you don't want to part from the kids so yeah they were old enough to the point like Tyler's not breastfeeding anymore they were old enough to stay together and I had my sister-in-law come and and watch them and they had a good time so it was good yeah and I think that was probably so good for y'all yeah it was because like I love my son and I really don't like being away from him but when Luke and I get to have like a date night away from him yeah we're like okay peace out we're gonna go hang out with each other right Uh, and I love that yeah and I feel like we're different people I mean that's kind of weird but we're different people around the kids because we're either stressed out or we have to be like the rule setters you know and we're just these different stricter versions of ourselves and then when we're away from the kids we get to be a little bit freer and there's other aspects of ourselves that come out like the people that we were dating you know before we had kids so yeah and you're like oh did you remember that we're like cool and we really yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I guess we still like each other (laughs) yeah I love that yeah exactly so it was fun and well and in Hawaii the weirdest thing so my brother who passed away a couple years ago, yeah. that's my sister-in-law who came over and watched the kids. So Mariah. Yep. Her mom, her mom's mom, okay, was getting us a timeshare for Hawaii to save us money. Well, and when we couldn't figure out if the timeshare was going to become available or not, um, we ended up just my grandparents were helping us out with their timeshare. But then Mariah's grandparents timeshare still became available so that Karen and Rob so Mariah's parents came to Hawaii at the same time because they had booked that yeah, week I saw that <laughs> yeah that was so, funny. so we ended up hanging out with them on vacation and it was really interesting like we found our vacation partners because we we the four of us get along like Rob and Lael are almost the same person it's kind of crazy it's like there's this 20-year gap but they're the same person and so it was really fun because Karen and I are very similar and then we're like you know what we can vacation like this all the time so now we're planning another trip with them (laughs) yeah that's so fun see Luke and I do have a couple friend who like he's really good friends with him I'm really good friends with her and we have really good intentions on doing vacations together but we'll see I've never done like a vacation just with friends I don't think 
So maybe someday. Yeah. But it's tough because not quite yet. if you guys both have an opinion of like what you want to do or where you want to go, then that's tough. You kind of have to have a couple that's one of them is that way and the other one's willing to do whatever you want to do. You know, like it, it just has to work. Yes. It has to work. Well, see, I think I think these friends, we could probably come to an agreement. Right. Because we're not really all that similar, but like they're super down to do the same sort of stuff that we are. I'm like very particular about how I do it. And by that, I mean... I'm doing one to two tours max. I don't like to do tours. (laughs) I like to do only local things. Like when I was in Thailand, I did a lot more tours than I would have liked because I wasn't choosing what we were doing. Mm, Yeah. Um, And so then when we did have some like free time, I would just be like, all right, peace out and go just like wander around close to the hotel and like go in different shops and chill in coffee shops and stuff like that. And just feel like a local for a little, you know, because it's so easy to get like swept up into everything that you could see and you're never going to be able to see everything you want to see yeah so you definitely just have to like prioritize pick ba- i like to pick a balance yeah exactly exactly pick the main things you want to see and then like be okay with not seeing quite everything yeah you know i wonder if we would vacation well together <laughs> I feel like you like to go on tours. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. I create this massive list and then I figure yeah. out how can I squeeze all of this in to my week. Nope. So, yeah. I so, you're just like, yeah. <laughs> so, and I like, I like having a day or two where it's like, yeah, you relax. You just become a local. You're just like observant and you relax. But most of the time I'm like, go, go, go. So... Yeah, see, it just really depends. I mean, like, well, the same thing, like when I was in Thailand, I was with my stepmom and her friend. And they, there was a restaurant literally next to the hotel that we stayed at. Right. And it was like, okay, right? Right. I mean, I was in another country. I wanted to eat at multiple restaurants, tried multiple things. Yes. And like almost every night they'd be like, cool, we're going to go back here because we know we like it. Right. And I'm like, what? Like we're only here for like a week. And so I would literally go to dinner by myself. I did not speak the language. Yeah. And I'd be like <laughs> out eating at restaurants by That's myself, awesome. just like reading a book. And I did not care at all. Yeah. But what I really, really want to do is travel with Luke. I've only had... I've only traveled, like, travel traveled with him for our honeymoon. We do a lot of, like, mini trips and stuff, but generally, like, my big trips I've taken have been when he's gone, which is just kind of a bummer. Yeah. I know him and I would have, like, a really good time traveling together, so that's definitely a plan of ours to do a lot more traveling. Yeah. I follow a lot of traveling couples on Instagram, and... I could just see you guys doing that, like being a traveling, like full-time traveling family. I know I've talked to you about that before and you're like, no, I like having a house. Well, <laughs> like yes and no, you know, because we've talked about like the, doing what y'all do, like tiny living. Right. But when it comes down to it, I'm actually a homebody. Yeah. So I guess if I could make my tiny home feel like home, but I'd, re- I'd much rather have like a van like a traveling van mm-hmm. and then like half the year we're home half the year we're traveling you know that would be fun because I could not not have a house I just like a, a lot of my hobbies require you to have gear right so I would need like two tiny houses one for <laughs> my stuff <laughs> one to live in you know right. and Luke and I always said if we had a tiny house we'd have to have two anyways because we'd want like the master 
and like the kitchen and all that right. stuff in one <laughs> and then the kids rooms in the other one right. and just connect them there we go um so we'll just have three right three houses we'll just one of the kids will drive one like right. me and Luke will each drive another. Oh, it'll be man. fine yeah. uh that's funny those sprinter vans are cool though if They're you've really ever cool. seen like the remodels for those those are really awesome yeah they're awesome but anyway yeah anyway what have you been up to um, mainly this week, I have been working on sleep training Roland. So basically, he loves sleeping in his swing. Mm-hmm. And it has a 30-pound weight limit, and he's 25 pounds. So I was really dreading like having to not be able to put him in the swing as a backup. Like He would sleep in his bed a little. Right. Like I'd nurse him. We'd put him in his bed. He'd sleep there some. But then sometimes he wouldn't. And so we'd just put him in the swing, and he'd go right to sleep. And so I just got it in my head one day, like when Luke, because Luke's gone this week, I just got it in my head. You know what? I'm going to do this. Like, I can do this. I usually, if he cries for a second, I'm crying. Right. Like, I cannot handle him being upset at all, like ever. And so I was like, you know what? This is going to be the best thing for us. So I've been doing like a super detailed log of everything and he hasn't cried longer than like five to ten minutes because I just won't let him right (laughs) but also he's been going to sleep that fast just from me being consistent and like doing these little changes that's good And so it's been really encouraging because I don't sleep I haven't slept a full night in almost a year and I would love to so I'm still nursing him so I still do like one to two night feedings depending on like how he is when he wakes up right like the one night he only woke up once so I did wake up to pump just to keep up my supply yeah it's been encouraging because it's something that I never really thought I would do I thought he would just learn how to sleep eventually which like yeah I'm sure he would but (laughs) that's also just like not really realistic in the long run and for our lifestyle so I've never really been a scheduler but yeah scheduling him has been really helpful for me I mean all two days that I've done it (laughs) um it's been really cool and maybe I'll like write a blog post about it or something more detailed so if anybody wants to figure out like all the little things I did but yeah I'm pretty excited and then Luke will come home and I'll be like surprise our baby son sleeps (laughs) sleeps on his own yeah yeah which is so cool that's neat for you yeah I know you're nervous about sharing that with me (laughs) Well, yeah. Because I'm not I a just... scheduler. But that's okay. I, I think the only thing that I've ever had a problem with with scheduling, well, there's two things, is when moms schedule babies too early. So when you're scheduling babies too soon, that messes with your milk supply. Yeah. So that's the only, you know, if you're doing it too soon, you mess with all that, and then your milk supply could drop, your baby's weight could drop. And then the other thing is I don't like crying it out. I don't like the whole cry it out thing. So, but if you're doing it, if you're doing it the right way, I mean, I feel like with my first, I would let him cry for like a minute or two and then I would go put him back in the bed and then, you know, and we did that for a little while and then I I don't know, we just, cause we had to, like, we couldn't have more than two kids in the bed (laughs) with us. We only have a queen size bed. So... We kept, yeah, you know, so we kind of had to sleep train with Eric a little bit, but that's what we did. We just stayed consistent. And whenever he would cry after a minute or two, I would go to him and then put him back in the bed, feed him, put him back in the bed and then leave. 
you know so it's like just like constant but then if you're consistent with that you don't have to let him cry it out so yeah yeah, yeah. exactly and I <laughs> it's kind of funny because we were just really trying to sleep train him a while ago yeah. but Luke is like really hardcore because he has to be because I can't be right and so it would be me sitting and just like looking at Luke with like, an anxious, <laughs> sad look and waiting for him to be like, you can go get him. Right. You know what I mean? Because Roland's just crying and I'm like, this is so dramatic, but I'm like in my heart and in my body, I feel that this is not right. Right. So I cannot sit here while he's crying if my body is saying that I should not. Right. So like, I know that sounds it's so dramatic, not- but that's that's not dramatic I feel like it's that's just a natural reaction like you're a mom you're supposed to be you know you're supposed to be running to your children and making sure that they're okay and that's just your natural reaction as a mom and I think that that's right I would like one of our listeners to give us some history on when crying it out became a thing or what what happened in Jesus's time you know it's like I'm pretty sure that they didn't do like cry it out and they all slept together but I don't know that's something that I haven't really researched before because he's a carpenter that Jesus (laughs) well it does say that Jesus was put in a manger so I really wonder the history of it all but I haven't been as curious to research it (laughs) yeah exactly and Roland is 11 months old He's going to be a year old soon, so I knew he is fine to not nurse as much as he does right, during the night right. because he doesn't actually nurse. He uses me as a pacifier. Mm-hmm. So maybe once or twice a night max, he's actually causing a letdown. Generally, it's I attach him a dry suckle and he's passed right out again. It's like a comfort right, thing, right. which is cool. Like I want to be a comfort for him. Yeah. But do I want him to only sleep by that? Yeah. Not really. Yeah. See, and (laughs) you you know, know this is probably why we haven't researched it because we do what works for us. And then we're like, whatever. Like, who cares what everybody else is doing? (laughs) You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've been doing that. And also I've been working on my photography business a little bit more, adding more information about my boudoir sessions and whatnot. And I am advertising that I'm doing some mini sessions when I'm in Jacksonville in March around the 11th. I'm excited um, about that. Only mom. What'd you say? I'm excited about that. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm excited too. And I'm only going to be doing mommy and me and in-home boudoirs, but it'll be really fun. I already have two people booked up and I'm really excited. So I've just been uh, doing lots of stuff, I guess. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds busy. I mean, that's a tiring time is the whole sleeping like not sleeping yeah sleep training it's tricky (laughs) because when I wasn't sleep training I could just like bring him in the bed nurse him and fall back asleep with him right and I slept a lot more versus now every time he wakes up I wake up I'm watching him through the monitor the whole time I'm timing how long he's crying that way that I'm not letting him cry too long and then I just kind of gauge like how he sounds and it's really complicated but this is the way that's working and making me feel comfortable. Right. Because I can't just have him just be like crying in there. Yeah. Without me knowing what's going on. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, it's been a, it's been some work, but I'm like really proud of myself for actually doing it. Cause it's like not really something I thought I'd be able to do, especially with Luke not here. And, um, 
Yeah, it's been yeah. cool. Okay, well, let's get into our topic this week then. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so our topic is diet, exercise, and the postpartum body. I hope I said that right. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yes. <clears throat> so I guess we just wanted to start with I don't know. We wanted to talk about a few things just because we we always talk about our bodies somehow. You know, when we're talking, we're like, our bodies are doing this. Our bodies are doing that. It looks different in these outfits. I have to buy new jeans. You know, all of us moms can kind of relate to, okay, our postpartum body is different than what it was before. So how yeah. did your body change, Rachel, during pregnancy? So, well, Rowan's my first, so... I actually had not that many extreme changes. At six months, I was still barely showing. I remember like going to visit Luke in Germany and being like, look at my huge belly. <laughs> and it was like a belly of, you know, like a two month pregnant person. <laughs> and it was funny because even towards the end of my pregnancy, I didn't really start showing extremely like pregnant until like eight or nine months. And I remember towards the end of my pregnancy, he was hidden so deep in my torso somehow, which is weird mm. because I have a very small torso because right. I'm a short person. But they would say like, I hid him really well. And they actually wanted to do like, a growth scan later in my pregnancy simply because they were like concerned that my belly was so small. Right. And everything was fine. He's a giant baby. But I remember my midwife would do this thing where they measure me, my belly with a tape measure every appointment. Yeah to make sure I, my belly's like big enough. And she would always make me like take a really deep breath with my stomach yeah. <laughs> when she would measure it. And that's how she would count it because it was just measuring really small, but it was right. fine. Like we did the extra scan and we knew everything was fine, but yeah. But then in my ninth month of pregnancy, out of nowhere, my belly got ginormous. I remember when I found my first stretch mark and it was in my ninth month. So I was like, wow, I'm not going to have any stretch marks. (laughs) And my whole pregnancy, people would tell me like, your belly is beautiful. And I'm like, oh, thanks. (laughs) Because my family has really bad stretch marks. Um, And some people say it's genetic. Some people say it's not. I'm going to go ahead and say it is, okay? Because (laughs) from my experience now. But I also am, I have the body type where even in puberty, from growing and whatnot, I got stretch marks, which is super common. Same. So I got a little bit of stretch marks from obviously growing my son. And that was something that was really hard because I went my whole pregnancy with a beautiful belly. And then in my ninth month, I was like, no one can see my belly. Because it's a hard thing to adjust to because it's really extreme and fast change. Right. But I did have Luke take a lot of maternity photos for me in my last month. Um, stretch marks and all and I'm glad I did that because I think initially they're hard to accept but at this point I am just so proud of what I've done and what I have to show for it you know right so I just want to encourage any mom who has stretch marks I know a lot of people do I know a lot of people who don't and that is awesome but I just encourage you to just figure out a way to be proud of them and to just always remember that you had a baby and you brought a baby into this world and that's amazing and it was all worth it oh yeah so oh yeah that was really the only extreme thing everything pretty much stayed the same to be honest yeah. even like my boobs 
Because I remember everybody being like, oh, you're going to get awesome pregnancy boobs. Yeah. I did not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I had normal boobs. I remember you talking to me so, about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, where are my pregnancy boobs? I'm gypped. No way. Okay. But, yeah. Keep going. I'll let you know about my boobs. My pregnancy boobs. No. But I was just going to say then post-pregnancy, like as soon as I had Roland and my milk started coming in, it was like terrifying, ginormous boob job boobs. Um, <laughs> So, you know, you win some, you lose right. some. What yeah. about you? Well, I think you're, you're, I'm on the same track with you with the stretch marks. It's like even growing up through puberty, I had the hardest time with stretch marks. So when I got a few, I only got a couple during my pregnancies, um, a couple stretch marks on my belly. But really my majority of my stretch marks were just stretch marks I've already had. So when I did pregnancy pictures... My friend made a comment like, oh, you have some, you got some stretch marks on your side, you know? And I'm like, oh no, I've had those since puberty, you know? So it was just kind of one yeah. of those things. I'm, I'm just used to stretch marks and I've just had to accept them. Oh. And like you said, I mean, just you're a mom. Everyone has them and be proud of them. But no, my boobs, oh my goodness. Okay. My boobs. I used to be like an A, barely B. Okay. And I actually liked yeah. them because I never used to wear bras. So I could just walk around and I was like nice and perky and I would just wear like low shirts because we're, you know, in California and it was like, you wore your bathing suit all the time. It wasn't a big deal. So. (laughs) Okay. But in my defense, before Roland, I had, (laughs) I had bigger, I still had bigger boobs then. And I didn't wear a bra either, so whatever. Right. Wear, <laughs> well, don't just, wear a bra you're just you perky. Don't want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, when you're perky, you can just do whatever you want. So, and then when I, I, yeah, in our in my second trimester, oh my goodness, like my boobs just grew. I became like a double D, which was really Yikes. extreme for me. Like I'm like, what do I yeah, do with these things? <laughs> because even though they were perky. It was just like now I I couldn't run without my boobs hitting myself. So it was like really weird. I had to adjust. Like it was this big, big adjustment. And then when I started breastfeeding, they got even bigger and just a couple sizes bigger. So it wasn't that bad. But yeah, like it was this huge adjustment. Like my whole life I hadn't had boobs and I was actually okay with that. And then all of a sudden I get bestowed with these like ginormous things. But I'm like, what the heck do I do with these things? Okay, and then it gets better postpartum because now that I'm not breastfeeding anymore, they're just pancakes. So, like, all that milk is gone. So, yeah, literal pancakes. Like, so they're not even glorious. It's like, why do I have these things? Why do I have to wear such a big bra just for, like, skin? It's really gross. It's really gross. Okay, Rachel. well, I have to say something. It's not gross, okay? <laughs> yeah. You're bu- you have nursed three babies. That's amazing. But so I've been reading a ton of studies because there's something I'm very passionate about, and it is not wearing a bra because I don't like them. Right. And so I, like, generally in the summer, I don't wear a bra at all. I just wear, like, these little sticky boob cup things right. that keep people from being able to see my nipples because, like, I don't want to be... Right. you know gross right. and I don't want people you know drawing people's attention in right but anyways so I've been reading a ton of studies and there was a huge thread in one of my mom Facebook groups and women were saying yeah like I don't wear a bra anymore and I've noticed my breasts get perkier again or get some new oh. height to them like after breastfeeding and I was like what 
because if anyone's like, hey, it helps if you don't wear a bra, number one, I love that. You know what I mean? And number two, I'm like, anything that can help post-breastfeeding that is not invasive is okay with me. So I told Luke, I'm ditching the bras. Yeah. (laughs) And I really mostly have. I wear them still. If I'm ever wearing something that it's going to be really obvious, but what I try and do is wear a t-shirt and then wear something over it, like a jean shirt open. So it's like something's over my boobs, like two layers or like a cardigan or something like that. Anything that I can pretty much disguise. I'm not going to wear just like a white t-shirt, obviously. Well, that's interesting. Well, okay. Here, here's my problem with that though. My boobs are literally to my waist. No. Yeah, they are. I, you know, I'm going to take a picture for you, Rachel, and I will send it to you. Okay. It's not, it's not that they're like ugly. Like my nipples still in the, the front. Okay. (laughs) So, but they still sag. No, like I just couldn't go out in public and like feel like comfortable. I'm going to send it. I'm going to send you a picture. (laughs) But what if you wear a t-shirt and then wear like a jean shirt over it where it covers your boobs? But then I would have no waist. They're not going to. No. Okay. It's not about having a waist. I'll I'll, I'll send you an example of things that I'm wearing. You send me. Because that way you can be like, oh, okay. Because it's like not drawing attention to my boobs. And honestly, boobs out of a bra are never like super A plus in my opinion. Right. I think when your boobs are in a bra, it makes them look like fake and perfect. Okay. Versus out, I mean, in my opinion, because like boobs are like eyebrows. Okay. You know? All right. Everybody's look different. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. um, And that's why I started wearing a a bra with like, it's like an, um, it's just a liner. You know, like doesn't have any yeah. padding or push up or anything like that. It's just a liner with yeah. some um, what is it called? Where like underwire. Underwire. Yeah, that's what so I wear. So I and I like that because it's like I feel lined. like it puts it up, but it's not like pushing oh, it up okay. or anything like that. You know. Well, I've never been able to wear push up because my breasts would be in my face. But it's uncomfortable. I. It's very uncomfortable. It's unnecessary, and I've had boobs my entire life this is not a boob episode but it is now. <laughs> I've had boobs my entire life I remember getting my first bra when I was maybe eight maybe even younger and so for me they've always been a bit of a nuisance so I've never wanted to put them in a push-up bra and show them to the world because I've had them since I was so young that it was more like I wanted to hide them from the world right because I was like please do not sexualize me I am a child yeah, you know yeah and uh, I, but I felt that way my whole life. I'm like, please don't sexualize me because I'm not asking you right. to. So don't look at me. Yeah, but that makes sense. <laughs> and I'm still the same way. And it's super funny because sometimes I'll want to like dress up and like show cleavage on like a date with Luke or something. Right. Like to show off for him. But then I feel so uncomfortable in public. Yeah. I, like I can't. So it's like if we do a date at home, I'll be risque. Right. But if we're in public, I'm like, nah. He yeah. knows. He knows what's in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody else needs to yeah. know. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad that so. you still have nice boobs. I'm just happy for you. Well, I'm not saying they're nice. <laughs> I mean, I'm still breastfeeding, so I'm, I'm, we'll see I'm, what happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lex is like Rachel shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're No, boobs I'm just gonna no, you know what? I'm gonna show you a picture of my boobs and then you'll understand. Okay. <laughs> I, I am a boudoir <laughs> photographer, so there we go. It's not nothing I have go. never seen before. Yeah. But um, 
But, but yeah, that's a, I guess that's another thing too is boobs change, especially if you nurse. Um, I have friends who didn't nurse at all and their boobs stay the same. But it's so weird because after you do start nursing, like the texture of your boob skin is different. Yes. And I know that sounds so weird, but it is so soft. Yeah. And uh, it's stretched just out. Weird. And at first I was like, oh no, like this is going to be bad. Right. But um, I'm accepting them. Yeah. And I am going to burn the bras and let these guys do their job. You know what I mean? That's awesome. So. Well, and I, fe- yeah. I feel like I feel like even if I didn't breastfeed, my boobs had grown so much during pregnancy that I don't think I could help the pancake effect. Yeah. You know? Oh, wait. Let's talk about boob veins. So oh, I don't know if that oh. happened to you, but I've heard other people say that, that when their milk came in, they got like an intense boob vein or yeah. two. Yeah. And I definitely got one intense one. And uh, why is that a thing? <laughs> like, yeah. What? It's like it's a so muscle. <laughs> yeah, like oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> well, is this vein? Is this vein like a blood vein, or is it like a milk vein? Oh, like a blood, like yeah. a blood huh. vein. Um, but yeah, like you know how some people have like a, an intense forehead vein, right? So it's like that, but on my boob. Huh. But only if my milk is really full, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyways, that's that enough description sense. about my breasts for other people. Yeah, but um. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk more in depth about like postpartum I mean obviously we're talking about postpartum bodies specifically so like boobs but what else is different postpartum (laughs) so I guess I mean we were going to talk about our you know vaginal area now but I think we were talking before about like you haven't really noticed a difference. I don't notice a difference with my vaginal area on having sex and all that. It hasn't changed. But when I look down there, I feel like it looks different. I feel like well, everything kind of came out. Everything's hanging out a little bit more than it did before. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> okay, so for me, I when I gave birth, I tore a little and I didn't even really realize it except for that they had to like numb me to give me the stitches. And then I remember the weeks after when I would have my midwife come for like my in-home postpartum checkups and she would be like, how's your stuff looking? Like, have you checked your stitches? And I'm like, ew, why would I check them? (laughs) You know what I mean? I was terrified to go anywhere down there. Look at that. I was like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't want to see it. I'm scared, you know? Um, because I'm, I don't, I gave birth when I was really young. So I just was like, it was pristine. I am not, yeah. I'm not ready. And so she's like, well, someone has to look. And I'm like, I will not look. Like, you cannot get me to look. I will not. So poor Luke. I was like, Luke, you have to look and check if my stitches are okay, if they're dissolving correctly, blah, blah, blah. And so <laughs> he's like checking for me. The husbands always like, get the best jobs. yeah he's such a trooper but he's like honestly i don't even see a stitch oh wow what so like i don't know how many stitches i had i think i know where they are now i think because i can feel a tiny bit of scar tissue if i really feel for it right but i got kind of lucky because i never had to look and then i remember after just like the healing period when everything feels like really heavy down there right that was really intense and i thought it was going to fall out onto the floor but thankfully it did not and i feel like as time goes on it's like more and more 
right back to where it was. Everything in the bedroom is the same now, like yeah. feels the same, if not better. That's pretty cool because yeah. when you have a human come out of your area <laughs> in one push, head and body, you think there's no going back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was, well, and I was blessed with little babies. So I tore a little bit with Eric and I didn't really tear at all with the other two. So yeah, what my question is for you is what did the, sti- like, did it hurt getting stitches in or do they numb it? Or I'm really curious about this process. Oh, so, well, Roland wasn't a big baby. He was only what, seven pounds, nine ounces. Yeah. But like I said, his head and body came out in one push. Yeah. So really quick. it's not like head and then a break and then out. Cause you're really supposed to take that part really slow right? if possible to prevent tearing. And uh, no, nah, he was ready to come out. So um, I ended up giving birth in the hospital. So it was, they numb you first. And so I felt like a couple of pinches because of like the um, numbing agent, you know, mm-hmm. they numb like all around. And so then he would be touching around and be like, do you feel any of this? And I'd be like, nope. Mm. And then they would start uh, sewing. And I really felt like nothing. They maybe barely some light tugging. Oh, I'm cringing. But but no, but but to be honest, like I just had a baby. I was not thinking about that at all. Like I had a baby on my chest. You know what I mean? Right. So in that moment when you have all of that adrenaline and everything it's like whatever right so that being said if they would have done it with no numbing agent no way yeah. and that was one thing that even i've heard people say that they weren't numbed and i would flip i even asked my home birth midwife i was like hey if at home i tear because she came with like everything you need but obviously she is like more holistic so she's not super like into giving you medicine if you don't need it but I was like, hey, if I tear, uh, you're going to bring something for administering right. so that I don't feel when you stitch me, right? And she was like, yeah, I will. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you will. Yeah. You know what I you mean? You definitely will. But you know what was so funny, though, is that my mom, because I was having a home birth and my mom was like kind of terrified for me, she brought me all types of pain meds that she had. Okay. Because <laughs> she's like, just in case, I don't know if you're going to be able to take anything and after birth pains are the worst. So I brought you some good stuff just in case. Right. <laughs> but I was in the hospital, so I didn't need any of it. But yeah. anyways, so obviously that takes some time to heal up, but it does. And then it's like you never had a baby in a way. Yeah. It's really cool. Well, you know what? When you said tugging, the first thing that came to yeah. mind was <clears throat> my placenta. Okay. So, like, did your placenta come out, like, really easily? Um, I don't really remember. I know they wanted to, like, pull. It could have. They wouldn't. Because I did it at the hospital. They don't, like, let you do it naturally. Right. Okay, excuse me. They right. don't let you, like, naturally birth the placenta. They want to pull on it and so they did that they pulled it out and then I remember he like wanted to do a sweep right and so like literally put his whole arm up and like sweep through my cervix to make sure there wasn't any left and I was like yeah you're not going to do that a baby just came out you are not putting anything in right that will not be happening right so but I don't remember that part bothering me at all the only thing that was really painful is when they came and like pushed on your stomach after and I only do that in the hospital. I'm pretty sure. I don't think that's something they do if you have a home birth. Hi. Um, Man, I'm like the worst person to talk about postpartum stuff because I don't remember anything. Because I had two home births. And I think 
that they stole. Well, okay, so here's the thing. I thought of tugging. When you said tugging, I thought of this, like the placenta, because with Tyler, my placenta didn't want to come out. So it's like half hour after birth, and they're still trying to, like, tug it out. And I had to, like, walk to the bathroom with it and, like, start walking around to see if it would, like, loosen it up. And they'd be tugging it. And then she was pushing on my belly on purpose. But it's just because it wasn't coming out. And so finally we got it out. And, of course, we wanted to piece it. Or I think it came out in one piece. But, like, they just double-checked and made sure because you don't want any of those pieces left behind. Which is why when I had a hospital birth with Eric, so my first, they gave me Pitocin right after birth without asking me. And that's to contract your belly and get the placenta out, which is horrible, by the way. Like, I had a full-on natural birth with him, and then all of a sudden they start putting Pitocin in without telling me. And then I'm like, what the heck is happening? This pain is so much worse than the natural contractions. And it's what, yeah, it's, it's horrible. Also, it's just the afterbirth pains too, which isn't necessarily from the Pitocin. It's just like your body. Right. Um, because I remember like the first night or two, well, I only stayed in the hospital for one night, but like the first night and the day after my afterbirth pains were so bad. And at first I was like, oh, I don't really want anything. Just give me like whatever's pretty mild. Right. And then towards the middle, like late in the night, I was shaking in yeah. pain and I was like, all right, I'm going to need the good stuff, yeah. please, while I'm in the hospital. <laughs> well, and they they supposedly get worse with each birth, which, yeah, I mean, for me, that. that has been true. So once I got to Tyler, I was like, nope, I'm just going to stay medicated, like, from the beginning. And I think I took Tylenol. Is it Tylenol? Which one can you have? It's Tylenol. I don't remember. I don't know. If it's Tylenol or Motrin. One of them I, I took just, like, for a straight week, just about. Like, if I would feel anything I'd be like nope not doing it yeah exactly and I that's how I was for like the first two days yeah and there is natural different like tincture tinctures 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 yeah that you can get um so maybe I'll try one of those but also like we'll see yeah well I've been taking Um, turmeric for pain now but I don't know because my body I've just like inflammatory yeah but I've been taking it for like headaches and stuff I don't know, because my body oh, really? has totally, like, detoxed off of, like, Tylenol and all that just because I really can't without upsetting my stomach. So it's been, gotcha. like, six months that I can't even take anything for my headaches. So then I've been taking turmeric instead. I don't know if it's, like, a placebo effect or what it is, but I don't know how much Wait. it would help with afterbirth pains, to be honest. But You know what I take for headaches is magnesium. Yes, I do that Which too. Definitely would not help for afterbirth no, pains. No, no. But well, um, I remember when I was, well, when I was pregnant, I had really bad headaches, and my I was seeing an OB at the hospital at the time at Naval, and they gave me this like headache medicine. They say, hey, you should only take this if you really need it because it's like kind of bad when you're pregnant. Right. So I'm like, why are you giving this? Yeah. To me? You know. <laughs> right. And then. I saw a different OB the next time because at Naval, I just, you see whoever's there. So I saw a completely different person. I said, hey, I'm having headaches. They gave me this. I won't take it. Do you have something less bad for my baby? And they're like, oh yeah, just take magnesium. And they just wrote me a prescription for a vitamin. And I was like, okay, why didn't the other person tell me that? That's amazing. (laughs) And it really does help. Yeah. Yeah. So I swear by that. But let's talk a little bit about what you do to feel yourself again 
and different things you do to heal physically, like more in depth. Yeah. Let's talk about that. For me, you know, with Eric, it took me a lot longer to kind of feel myself just because it was this new thing. So my body had just gone through this huge change that I'd never done before. And I was dizzy and I couldn't walk by myself. And it took me, I don't know, I want to say it took me like four or five hours even to just get out of bed and take a shower. And Lael had to help me. And the nurses had to help me. And I think it was like a couple days until like they even released me because I was just so, I don't know, everything was off. Yeah, it is. It's really hard because afterwards it's, you feel like yourself in a way, right? but you also, all the hormones and emotions that you're feeling from giving birth, you have this like new person that you're totally in charge of and, and like in charge of keeping alive and everything. And then you're also like wearing a diaper right. and like <laughs> yes. waddling around <laughs> and your boobs are just leaking. So, okay, this is not a pretty picture, but the first week or two after Roland was born, I would wear like a nursing top or a nursing bra and just not have the flaps done up. It would just be like, (laughs) and my mom was there and I'm like, whatever mom, because they hurt and I need them to have air. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, And it was super funny because my dad was like originally supposed to come right away. And boy, was I glad he did not. Yeah. Because I was like, there's nothing can touch my breasts. I was really just in giant underwear and a nursing bra, really, you know? Yeah. Um, Because I wanted to do a lot and lot of skin to skin. And I actually took a shower right before we left the next day because we only wanted to, we wanted to leave right away, but they make you stay for at least a full day after you give birth. So we took a shower, got me cleaned up and stuff and changed to go home, which it's just kind of scary because I remember Luke was helping me shower and stuff and I was terrified to touch anything down there because I just like, it was something traumatic just happened in a way you know yeah and so I like wanted to clean it but I didn't want to touch it so I wanted to I wish I had a cup to like pour on it you know what I mean because it wasn't necessarily about like a deep scrub but about just like you know well you know you know about the you know about the um what are they called the peri bottles peri bottles those things and so like yeah you need one to go pee for like the first week yeah Yeah. Yeah, Because you don't want any pee I to touch that area one. or it will sting. It's yeah. horrible. Well, I kept everything that I could, all my home birth stuff, in like cool like kit, all sanitary. Right. Because I plan to be able to use it for my next baby. Yeah. But I will definitely be using that again. That stuff is like, it's just water, but it's like a godsend. Yeah. It's so necessary. Uh, one thing that was really bad for me postpartum was bowel movements. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had a lot, a lot of trouble with that. Uh, I got a squatty potty for my baby shower, which was awesome. But I was like basically crying on the toilet anytime I had to go. I was like taking daily colace and um, then it would like heal up and then it would be bad again. Oh, no. And it was just like a really rough time. And even now, I'll be like going months and everything's fine. And then I'll have like, I'll have not eaten enough vegetables or something one day. And then it's really rough again. And I feel like I'm freaking postpartum all over again. So hemorrhoids, yeah, hemorrhoids are awful. Is that what we're talking about? Awful. Yeah, they're awful. And yeah, it's like, you can't get rid of them. Like you said, it's like, you'll be fine. But yeah, if it's like a day and you, yeah, miss, yeah, vegetables. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's like over. Or like... It's bad. And so the thing that I've done that's helped me as well 
is witch hazel okay. and like yep. cotton rounds. So I literally have a mini bottle of witch hazel in my car yeah. <laughs> for emergencies because it's the only thing that like gives relief. And I have like internal ones that I actually got during my pregnancy somehow because I was like, hey, something's kind of weird. And they're like, oh, yeah, you have internal hemorrhoids here. You need to right. take colace sometimes. Yeah. So I have like a hoarded stash of colace just <laughs> in case. Like I never take it, but they were just like giving it to me like candy. And so yeah. I'm like, well, oh, if I never know. Yeah, if I don't poop for a day, this is, might be TMI yeah. for everybody, but if I don't poop in a day, I take – I have either smooth move pills – or yeah. uh, Vera, is it ca- it's called Vericom, I think is what it is through this one brand that that's in Vegas. Um, and I order and they ship it to me here. But one of those, it's like I take one of those pills so that the next day I have loose stools so that I just, oh, you know, smart. so then I don't have any chance of getting the hemorrhoids. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes it's in, it's one of those things I don't catch it fast enough, but that's like my pre- that's how I kind of um, – what's the word that I'm looking for? I'm just preemptive um, on – Yeah, I know what you're – Preparing. I'm just say, preparing I for it. it. But I think yeah. what was hardest for me wasn't even just like the hemorrhoids, but it was just even taking that first poop because I'm – yeah. you know, like after you push a baby out, you're just like – It's terrifying Oh to no, push like I'm going to rip the whole thing. Like, I don't know. Your brain yes. just doesn't want to go, and it's horrible. So it's like I cried. No, like, so I think funny. after all three babies, I would just sit there and cry. And then Lael's like, just go to the bathroom. And then I'm just, I just cry because I'm like, I really don't want to do it. And But then after you do it, it's like, okay, we're good. You're like, oh, my we're body good. works. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know some people who've said that their nurses, like, wouldn't discharge them from the hospital until they made a bowel movement. Right. And so that's a lot of pressure. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? I I was lucky that I was like home and all of that. Or I don't actually remember when I did, but it's just scary. There's still like, it's a lot of pressure and like I'm pulsing down there still from having a baby. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And it does get better with each baby. You're kind of used to like, okay, your boobs are full, your vagina hurts, it burns, like, and then, I don't know. And then you just get used to it, though. Like, second, third baby, it was just an easier process. And I think after Angela, I took, I got up and took a shower within, like, the first hour or two. And I was yeah. doing, like, after Tyler, it was like I was doing dishes that night. You know, it was just one of those things. It was, it was just, yeah, you still are bleeding. You're still wearing a diaper. But it's just your body just knows what it's, it's doing. It. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's something that's to look really cool. forward to. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought it'd be cool if maybe we could touch a little bit on like postpartum depression and like emotional healing because right. of all the hormones that come. Yeah. Um, and so like for me personally, I don't believe that I had postpartum depression. I've had people uh, confide in me that once their baby is born, they just don't feel a connection. Right. And that is a, a, one of the many signs of postpartum depression. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because it's very normal. I also have friends who their anxiety gets so bad where they'll just sit and watch their baby all night to make sure it still breathes. Right. So those are like different sides of the spectrum. And for me, I was just so tired and I don't really, I really can't pinpoint something that felt like postpartum depression to me. Right. Other than maybe like I cared about literally nothing other than 
keeping my baby and myself alive. Yeah. Like I didn't care to do the dishes. I didn't care to do this or that. I fed me and I fed him. Yeah. And then I just like hung out, you know, because I was like, what, why would I waste this time of healing and bonding, you know, like cleaning? Right. <laughs> so I know that sounds bad because maybe some people are super into cleaning and that's awesome, but that's just yeah. not my priority. Well, yeah, you got, you were really balanced. Like, I felt like you were balanced. Like, yeah, it was a new thing. But even when you were in pain during breastfeeding, you're like, well, I want to make it work. And, but you weren't like overly emotional, overly, you know, you just seem like a balanced type of new mom. Yeah. I just, I think I, it's really easy for some people like myself, like it's a personality trait of mine to kind of like normalize things. So some people might, you know, for something, get really anxious and worry all the time about it. And I, as a defense mechanism, honestly, normalize things as a, like a way to cope with everything. Right. So it's really easy for me to like, be like calm and collected just as a way to be able to accept what's going on. Right. So I know it seems like a strength in a way, and I suppose it is, but it really is just a coping mechanism. Right. Right. (laughs) When I feel Um, like... I did have postpartum depression with Eric. I mean, I never got diagnosed just because I like to put up a good front. Like I'm very like people see me and they're like, wow, you're really calm and stress free. And I'm like, I feel like I am. But inside there's more going on, you know, and with Eric, you know, so I would see my doctors and they would just be like, well, it seems like you're handling everything really well. And I really wasn't, Yeah. you know, but I didn't want to say anything because I was kind of in denial. I was just like, no, like I don't have anything going on, you know? And, um, but I think it was because Uh, after he came out, I don't know. Yeah. It was just that feeling of like, now what do I do? I can't do this. And I don't, and then he had colic. So he would cry for hours and hours at a time and we couldn't make him stop. And so I think that kind of just pushed pushed me to feel like I can't do this and yeah, I can't even imagine. yeah like if you can't even you know feed your baby and I was tube feeding him at that point too so it's like I'm tube feeding him he's crying he can't stop I can't do anything I felt really disconnected to the whole thing and I don't think it was until like he was a month old that we like when he's when he started breastfeeding right you know when when we started with the nipple shield because we did a breastfeeding episode so when we started with the nipple shield that's when I felt oh wow okay he's doing better he would still have colic so I don't know there was still moments where I'm like okay I have to walk away but I think that first month it was just I didn't know what I was doing and I I felt like I don't know if this is my baby (laughs) like not that I, I didn't I knew he was my baby obviously but I would look at him and I didn't really have any feelings towards him besides yeah. why I'm really stressed so out common. yeah, yeah. And, I mean I know that probably feels like uncomfortable for you to talk about but I know a lot of people who've also gone through it so it's so common and not something you should feel weird about right about, you know well and I, yeah and I think that I mean just from my experience I mean there was a reason to why I was feeling that way again he had colic and again like we weren't breastfeeding well like we didn't have like a feeding schedule there was just so much going on and so once I was able to fix that, then everything, it cr- yeah, it was better. So I don't know, you know, typical postpartum depression. I don't know if there's like a fix like that. That's why I don't know if I can really tag myself like, yeah, I had that. So 
So, yeah, you, you know mean, what I'm saying? You know, or if it was just situational, like this is what's going on and and I couldn't connect to him because of that. And then once we fixed it, it was good. Yeah. And yeah. it's all very specific to each person. I think that honestly, like counseling session postpartum should be part of our healthcare. I think like a little checkup where we just get people to like kind of talk about things because often people are drowning behind the scenes and they don't want to say anything to their husband because they don't want to seem like they don't know what they're doing or something like that, you know? And then there's just these women suffering in silence. Yeah. And that's just sad because we don't need to do that. No one needs to suffer in silence. Like I know it really sucks, but if you are able to get yourself out of that just by reaching out to someone or, you know, if you have a friend who just had a baby, try and like come have coffee with them at their house or something or bring them a meal and just spend a very short amount of time because postpartum you don't want people there forever but you know just kind of see if you can do a little checkup make sure they seem like themselves and see if you can offer an ear for them right because I just think it's really important for people not to feel alone in the postpartum period because it can go really bad really fast if you don't seek help of any kind or if you know nobody else realizes that something's off so right well, even in my experience, <clears throat> I would tell my husband my feelings. Yeah. And I think he was just exhausted and stressed out, too. So it's one of those yeah. things, like, even if I'm vocalizing, sometimes it's he still can't hear me, you know? I'm, but you would know that, and so you just have to, you know, make sure that you're right. s- seeking out someone right. else or exactly. something. Exactly. You know? And I think, you know, for all your visitors, too, I mean, it's okay I mean, obviously, moms, you guys know it's okay to say no to visitors. And when your visitors come, hopefully you have someone that's helpful, you know, and that is saying, hey, what can I do for you? Like, how can I make this an easy thing for you while I'm here? I need you to go take a shower. I'll hold the baby while you take a shower. Or do you want me to clean the house or clean your dishes or do whatever you need me to do? And hopefully you have someone in your life to do that because that's what's going to make it easier versus someone that just comes over to hold your baby while chatting, you know? So this is going to seem harsh, but I don't care. I think if you're coming to visit me postpartum, or let's say I'm coming to visit you postpartum, if you show up empty-handed and don't offer to do a thing while you're there other than hold the baby... Why are you coming over? Yeah. Because I know that sounds harsh, but I was very selective about who was allowed to come over after I had my baby because I wanted it to be a private time of bonding while Luke was still home and my mom was there. She was super helpful. I did have some friends who just were constantly texting like, I want to see the baby. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm sure you do. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. But unless you're texting me, hey, what do you want me to bring you for food? Then I'm not letting you come over. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, it, and not, it's not even about meals specifically, but it's such a big change when someone has a baby. And so, yeah, babies are cute, but just wanting to come like hold their baby. I mean, come yeah. on, you know, especially if you're a mom, like you should know yeah. better. When I think it's you should go be helpful. Yeah. <laughs> At least in one little way. And also don't stay longer than you should. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, and I think my biggest thing, too, is, you know, if, especially with Eric, like, he cried a lot. He would cry a lot. So, it's like, when he's happy, that's when everyone wanted to hold him. So, those were my only times to, like, bond with him, really, you know, if you think about it. Because you can't really bond with a baby when they're crying their head off. So, you're holding the baby 
during the only bonding time, I'm sitting there, I either have to clean or figure out something to do. And then he starts yeah. crying. He gets passed back to me. I now have a crying baby and I'm a cow is basically what I felt like, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah it's I so, yeah, it's so important to have somebody there that's like, no, let me do what you need to do because it's not all about seeing the baby. Like the baby's been in our stomach for nine months. Let's hold the baby ourselves, just us for another nine months and everyone else can just help us out. I mean, that's being <laughs> drastic, drastic, very drastic. But no, I know what you're but, saying. I had people asking to come to the hospital. And I'm like, um, if my only my mom and my husband were there, my stepmom and my dad weren't even able to be there. Well, okay, I say they weren't able. It's because I told them they weren't allowed. Because I didn't want a lot of people there. I wanted that special bonding time. And so I'm like, do you think if I didn't let my dad be here? I'm going to let you come. Right. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not going to. And But also, like, I, I, I'm the type of person who has no problem telling people no, but not everybody does. So, like, maybe think about that. Like, if someone's like, hey, who wants to come see us at the hospital? But if you're just going out of your way because you want to go, like, I'm sorry, you're being kind of selfish. Right. Like, you're not even being thoughtful of their situation. And so I remember that I used to want to visit people in the hospital, and I will never do that again. Yeah. Unless I'm like, hey – like, let me know what your comfort level is. Can I bring you something? Right. And if I'm not willing to cook them a meal, then I'm not going to go see yeah. the baby. Yeah. <laughs> so. Like, hey, guess um, what? If you want to hold a baby, have your own baby. How about that? Right? So. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, and right. I was super weird about it at first. Um, I didn't even want to go to church for like three years, right. to be honest. Um, like all the germs. And then I actually, yeah, I actually felt well enough to go when Roland was a week old and so I wore him in a sling specifically so nobody could touch him and then there was like two people in the service who kept like just like loudly coughing and every time they would cough I would like flinch oh, no. like, <laughs> yes. get your coughs out of this air <laughs> yeah. where my baby is my little air. fresh baby you know what yeah. I mean and people would be like oh he's so cute and I'm like yeah look at him from a uh, foot yeah. away please like, you know, go really far away from me. And that's so funny. Yeah, because I can relate with you. The The thing is, you know, everyone's different. Like you, like we were talking about, like some people like people in the room. And I have somebody like that in my life. And I know you're listening. My cousin, oh my gosh, she's just this wonderful person. And she can have a bunch of people just watch her in labor. And she can talk to everyone while she's in labor. And it's like that's she, amazing. she, she can put on makeup and do her hair before what? labor and just she just looks amazing throughout the whole process and then it's like she has the baby and then she's like the baby's here like come on in everybody like hang out with me and hold the baby and I'm like you are just Aww. like this superwoman you know because I'm See, not like, like that's that thing. like that's amazing it is amazing I'm, I'm like how do you look so perfect right now <laughs> I looked like so. a truck ran me over. Yeah. And and everybody's different. Like I was I a homeless person. Who, like wanted me to see their baby like right away. And I was so thankful that they allowed me to do that. Right. But honestly, at the end of the day, I'm more of a selfish person. Right. I really am into family. And specifically yeah. like my family. So like my husband and my son, that is a big deal to me. And so I honestly didn't want anybody in the house well I was gonna have a home birth but anybody in the house other than Luke right. and I and my midwife yeah while I gave birth yeah. I didn't want a photographer I didn't want any of my parents I eventually agreed to let my mom be there right and I'm I'm glad I did because she arrived right as he was born right but I think if she would have been there the whole time 
it would have been rough right because she's very protective which is awesome like i'm so thankful but that's stressful too right like, you want your birthing environment to be really chill yeah or at least i do so i honestly think next time around I don't want anybody to be there. Yeah. Like, I'll be like, okay, uh, the baby is just getting born. You can come right. now to <laughs> yeah. me take a shower. But, yeah, uh, exactly. Here's the list of things. I don't want you guys, like, partially yeah. mellow. But that's yeah. so specific to me, and everybody is so different. Yeah. So and everyone's different. Like, everyone to, like, have that conversation to, with people. Yeah. And, like, whether you have a history of postpartum depression or you don't or, you know, you're the public birther or the private birther or, you know. Everyone's so different, yeah. but I mean, everyone I think can relate to how do you, how do you find yourself after, after all of this, you know, because now you're a unit with a little baby yeah. and so now you have to figure out, okay, as my body is kind of becoming smaller again, like slowly, <laughs> you know, very slowly, Yeah. Um, yeah. how do you find Yourself. I don't know. Yeah. How do well, you feel yourself again? So to be honest, I feel like I am just now getting to a place where I'm feeling more myself. And when I say more myself, I mean more myself as like, I am still Rachel. Right. Like, not just like Rachel the mom, you know, right? Rachel the wife, like Rachel. Plus also I am a mom and a wife, right? you know, because I, for, I struggled because I was so stubborn about nursing and how I wanted to do it. I didn't want to bottle feed them at all. And I still haven't, which actually made things a lot harder on myself because I was a, I am like a 24 seven milk factory. Right. And so it's like, I had to like turn down weddings or things like that, that I do love doing because I couldn't be away from rolling that long. Right. You know, that was really hard for me because I'm like, okay, well now where's the line between me and my son? Right. You know, like where am, where does my stuff start? So I am just now getting to a place that he's like older and a lot more independent that I am like doing a lot more things for myself. So I have like the podcast with you. I'm getting a lot more back into my photography business, my young living business, like blogging and things like that. And now I'm starting to shoot more art like for myself again which is something that's really been helpful because I was doing some sessions, you know, paid sessions. So I'm just doing, you know, the work that I do for people. Right. But sometimes like I'm an artist. I want to do art for myself. Right. That's what really like brings me joy and keeps me going as a creative. And so being okay with like not doing a lot of paid stuff, but doing a lot of stuff for me so that I still find joy in this right. has been really important. And Luke and I have started budgeting so that I can maybe have like a sitter sit with Roland a couple days a week just for an hour or two here and there whenever I want so that I can either go sit at a coffee shop and get some work done or I can go, you know, grocery shop by myself or I could clean the house or take a bath or whatever, you know, just because he's gone a lot. So he can't really give me that consistent time to do something like by myself ever. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And And he tries when he can. And I don't need, I'm not saying I need to be away from Roland because I don't really like to be, but it is nice to have some like time to just like hustle for the things that I like to do again, you know? So I think just like slowly being able to implement back some of the things that bring me joy have helped me be like, oh, I am still Rachel. Yeah. And uh, so that's been pretty cool for me. Yeah. And I think when we partnered up to do this podcast, 
and we became friends, I was just at the back end of feeling, okay, I'm going to find myself again. Because I feel like after every pregnancy, after every child, it takes me a year or two to get out of that, to get out of the mom funk. Because once I have the baby, I don't know, I love my babies, you know? And I feel like, okay, every mom loves their babies. It's just a different, you know, how long can you sit at home with them? You know, and for me, I look at my babies and I say, okay, as long as you guys are breastfeeding, that's what we're doing. That's like my thing, you know? So... So a year or two will pass. So like with Tyler, it was almost two years. And then once he stopped breastfeeding, I was like, okay, I'll start exercising now. I'll start finding things to do for myself. And I know that kind of seems like super dramatic. It's like, wow, it was almost two years. But that was just what I what I chose to do. It's like I'm going to enjoy the time that I can with him with this breastfeeding thing that we have going. And he's like the center of my world. So he's like my thing right now. And then yeah. right when that was done... I was like, okay, I can do other things. I can, and then, yeah, and then I, I think I just started exercising a little bit. And that's just kind yeah. of my little gateway. Once I start exercising, then you have to find time to exercise. Yeah. And, but then I do enjoy exercising. So that's what I, that's what I find time to do at first. And then I'll start blogging and then I'll start doing all this other stuff. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Well, so for me, I am like a weird, like, serial exerciser, I guess. Right. In a way where, like, I'll get, like, super into one thing for a while, and then I'll be done, and then I'll be like, I guess that's not the right term then. But anyways, yeah. so when I was three months postpartum, I was, like, ready to get back in the game, which is so right. weird because I, like, I don't actually really like exercising, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. it did, well, I'll get more into that. So I started doing, like, these HIT programs. Okay. And they kicked my butt. And I was working super hard. And then I noticed by doing this, I was weakening my pelvic floor strength because I was oh. doing a lot of jumping and things like that. And I was like, okay, so yeah, I'm getting back into shape, but I am making my progress of my pelvic floor regress, oh. which is bad. So I just like cold turkey stopped that. You know what I mean? Right. And so what I'm doing now is... I'm actually more of like an eat healthy and never exercise type person, but I try and do like a lot of normal activities that give me exercise in my life. Right. So like I've been bike riding at least twice a week lately since I got my bike. I really enjoy riding my bike Yeah. and I like to go on lots of walks downtown. So it's, I do things that get me outside to get like some fresh air and implement a little bit of exercise, yeah. but it's not like I'm hitting the gym. But that being said, I did find like a local garage gym trainer to my area. She's like a, she's a mom and she has a decked out garage with all the workout stuff and she's a personal trainer. And so she does one-on-one sessions in her garage with you, or you can do it with a friend. And if you bring a friend, it actually makes it cheaper. And she just requires you to, you know, work out with her at least once a week so that you're being somewhat consistent. But I'm looking into her because I'm like, hmm, like I could go like twice a week, maybe like when I have my sitter or something and just have some time to focus on my health. Because um, when I was pregnant with Roland, it triggered an autoimmune disease. Mm. And so my health has been just like up and down since then. And so I'm sure that, you know, a little bit more exercise would make me just feel better because I feel like a creaky old man right now, to be honest. (laughs) And like I, I'm in a, I'm at like at a pretty good weight and like I feel comfortable in my body, but 
you should hear me walking down the hall, like knees and hips popping and stuff. It's ridiculous. I tried to do like a turn and kick at Luke the other day because we were playing around and I was being dramatic and did like this twist and kick because I know like how to do proper kicks. Yeah. And my hip popped so loudly that we're both just like rolling on the floor like laughing because it's like I'm 100 years old. Yeah. But I know exercise can improve that. No, it's okay. I'm okay. It's all just part of the autoimmune thing to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But... Hopefully when I go, I go to the chiropractor. I have to go to the chiropractor after I have the babies because I'm just oh, out. Yeah. I'm I just out once, all the time. But I probably yeah. should definitely go again. I mean, I moved, so yeah, I want to go. But another thing that is important for me postpartum is healthy eating. Right. So, for example, like I was almost entirely vegan for my whole pregnancy, and. I was mostly vegan after, except for here and there sometimes, like if people would bring us a meal, I would eat some dairy, but not like ever any meat. And so I was, but I was eating like really well-rounded meals and just like feeling really good. I feel really good when I eat good, you know? And so I noticed the difference in like healing and fueling my body with like the correct food. So like, for example, if I eat like soup food that has no nutritional value all day, that's when I have like a bad bowel movement, you know? Right. And... I go to the bathroom and I'm like, all right, you need to eat better. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I know that's why. And so like more recently, um, I'm not vegan anymore, at least not strict vegan. I like to eat mostly vegan, but for my autoimmune disorder, I'm supposed to be on the autoimmune protocol diet more so. So I'm like a mix of paleo and vegan. But anyways, I think that just when you are healing because of your hormones and you're producing milk and you're just, so many things are changing. I think it's so important to give your body some good fuel. So I'm not saying like, don't eat meat, like eat meat if you want to eat meat. But I'm just saying like, eat some vegetables and, yeah. you know, maybe a smoothie good. if you like them or yeah, some stuff and, like that. And walking. I mean, once you feel well enough, I guess I didn't, I don't think of like exercise as walking, but it is. It is. <laughs> it yeah, is. So like is. I would, I would always take my jogger stroller out with the kids and we would walk. And that was something that we would do. That's something yeah, easy that you can do, do and you feel better once you're like moving around. And then, yeah, once you eat healthier too. I, I used to live across from Costco and so I would just, I would eat those sweet kale salads that they have. Have you ever? Yeah. yeah. Ugh. I would, yeah, we would get like a rotisserie a chicken. Here. Yeah. So, I love their rotisserie chicken. Yeah. So They're we would amazing. get a rotisserie chicken and their kale salad. And I think we would do that like three times a week. So it was like... That's awesome. Yeah, but it was so good for you and it made you feel better. And yeah, yep. you're just walking a little bit and eating eating better. And yeah, because when you eat yeah. too much McDonald's, like, oh my gosh, can I tell you? When we moved here, that's all we were... We would do lots of takeout because we're just busy here and we're running yeah. around. And then we would be like, well, they have McDonald's or Taco Bell. And oh my gosh, my body has just attacked me. The last six months to a year, my body just hates me. And I know it's because of that. But really fast, have you had Smithfields? Smithfields? No. What is that? Smithfields? You have to have Smithfields. It is. (laughs) It's it's right near the Walmart on Yop. Okay. Okay, you have to go. Is it a drive-through? Yeah, you can do a drive-through or you can go in. It's like slowish fast food or whatever, but you got to get... A, a pull like a barbecue sandwich with the coleslaw on it and it hush puppies and they they have the best sweet tea I've had in my whole life I don't know if you've had if you I like sweet like tea, tea but anyways I'm anytime I'm in the south 
I have to oh, get some food. Oh, okay. I love some food so I'll have much. to try that. So yeah. And it's better than like eating McDonald's all the time. And that being like, I am someone who very much likes McDonald's. So. Right. Um, it's so bad I really for you. Eat it, is it really even? Because we get the chicken nuggets for the kids. Is it really even chicken? That's what I eat. Oh, oh. It I, tastes well, okay, so good, so I worked, but I just feel gross. I worked at McDonald's in high school, and everybody said, like, if you work there, you're going to be so grossed out, like, you'll never eat it again. Right. They're wrong. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because if I'm ever going to have, like, a guilty pleasure meal, I'm so, like, Luke doesn't eat McDonald's at all. He thinks it's terrible, and he's correct. So, like, if he's gone and I'm, like, really needing something, yeah. <laughs> I, I have, I'll have it, like, maybe, like, twice a year. I try to go to, like, Chick-fil-A more. Right. Or Chipotle or something like that where it's, like, Even Chick-fil-A a is gross. You, I mean, when you read things. I love Chick-fil-A. It's just, well, it's real chicken, can, though. That's the thing. Yes, that sets exactly. them apart. It, versus, like, the ground-up mush that yeah. they make into the chicken nuggets. Yeah, but they're delicious. <laughs> so. But they are. Anyways. <laughs> So Chipotle is a good balance. I'm not shame anyone for eating McDonald's. No, like, no, 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 no. I, I hope you don't eat McDonald's every day, but they're fries, though. Yeah, like they're so yummy. <laughs> I know. Well, can I can I say I don't know if we said so in the breastfeeding episode, but you can eat whatever you want and it doesn't change your milk. So don't let anyone th- tell you that. Oh, you have to eat a certain way to have perfect milk. It it doesn't work that way. So just so you know. Yeah. No. If you want McDonald's. Yeah go for it you're gonna feel like crap but go for it exactly exactly (laughs) so just yeah i really encourage like eating pretty good or you know like at least sneak some veggies in here and there if you can (laughs) i did a bunch of like meal prepping before i had roland so i had a couple of weeks worth of meals in the freezer and it was a mix of like uh vegan and vegetarian meals Right. Because Luke was going to be home, so I didn't want to yeah. totally make him eat vegan, strict vegan for weeks because he would have hated that. But it was stuff where, like, even if it was vegan or vegetarian, he could make his meat on the side and have it with it. Yeah. But I really encourage, like, even doing, like, a week and just – or, like, a month before your pregnancy, every time you cook, make extra and freeze it. Right. It'll, it goes a long way. And it's awesome to just, like, wake up, pull something out of the freezer, and know you're going to have a meal. I okay so I never prepped because I don't know I just never did I'm not a planner okay <laughs> which is weird I mean it's <laughs> well, just I'm not weird a planner, but... I, yeah I mean and everybody would tell me meal prep meal prep meal prep and I just would procrastinate maybe that's what it is I just procrastinated until I was like oops had the baby early um but then Leo, <laughs> Leo, <laughs> Leo likes to cook too but you know what saved me was ladies from church would bring me meals the first week and that was amazing like they would bring enough for the whole family and leftovers for the next day so that was really awesome thank you ladies if you are listening i can't remember if people brought me meals from church (laughs) to be honest i'm sure like one or two people did yeah but i remember that I really told them not to worry about it because I was eating vegan and that really, right. it's North Carolina. That terrifies people. Right. Because they don't, no offense, but I remember I would go to restaurants and be like, hey, well, I just can't have this. And they'd be like, well, you can have fish. And I'm like, no, I, yeah, no, no. I can't. And they'd be like, okay, well, you can have butter. And I'm like, mm, also no, yeah. but thank you for trying. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I and think, like, yeah, that probably scared people away. Butter. That probably scared people away a lot to like meal prep for you. But another thing might be also because 
you didn't want people holding Roland. Well, and that's the thing is, is they asked, like, hey, do you want people to start bringing meals? Like, are you, do you need them? And I was like, hey, my mom's here. Like, it's, I'm cool with nobody coming. Right. So it was kind of like a mix of both. I think like one or two people did like a little later on. Right. But there was also two other people in the church who were giving birth around the same time. And I was like, go give meals to them. Yeah. Like, my mom's yeah. here helping us eat and stuff. So don't worry about it. Which actually makes me so. feel really bad. I never sign up for those things. See, that's the thing. Because it's like, oh, wow, all you guys moms, all you moms help me out so much. And then I never sign up for them. I think I'm going to start signing up for them. Just because yeah. I'm out of like, I feel like these last five years, I've just been overwhelmed. And I don't yeah, really know it. That. You know, like sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm in control of everything. I'm fine. But no, I look back. I'm like, Wow. I think I'm just overwhelmed and in, de- in denial. <laughs> yeah, so like that's now normal. though, I think I can sign up for those things and bring a mama meal. I think that's what I want to do. Yeah, that would be That'd nice. Be awesome. Well, I know like me before I had Roland, I would always anytime there was something that we needed meals for at church, I would make a big casserole because like I like cooking. And did you just I say casserole? <laughs> no casserole. Oh. <laughs> I, heard, I heard you say casserole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I did not. Um, but well, I just know like if it's something I enjoyed enjoyed doing, and I like didn't have kids to like distract me, I would bring something because it's easy for me. Right. Versus after I had Roland, I was like, do not ask me to bring anything ever. Right. <laughs> you right. Know what right. I mean? Right. And I'm finally getting back to a point where I'm like, I guess I could start making stuff for things again because like my church does a bunch of stuff but generally when we do stuff at this church they get a lot of stuff catered which is nice because then nobody has to cook but it's also a much bigger church here than it was in Jacksonville so if they do a potluck there'll be a hundred of whatever you decide to bring yeah Yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean but it's definitely nice when you can you know what I mean especially like if it's your friend or something and if you do want to see the baby just like that's your way right don't try and see my baby if you don't bring me a snack that's all I'm saying (laughs) Yeah. If you come empty-handed, you're doing it wrong. Right, right. I know it. Um, I know it. But that's that's just me. Yeah. And, oh, really fast, I do want to talk really fast just about um, postpartum doulas. Oh, yeah. I personally haven't had one, but I have, I'm friends with people who are postpartum doulas, and they're basically exactly like it sounds like there's someone who comes and like just kind of helps take care of you in your postpartum period so someone who makes sure you're eating makes sure your house is clean like doing your laundry doing anything they can to be helpful in that time to just let you be with your baby yeah so if you're someone who doesn't like have a lot of family around or if your spouse has to go back to work right away I would highly recommend looking into that because it will really help you out which is like military wives now you know. Yeah. Now you all know. There's such a thing as a postpartum doula. So, yes. Yeah. And I. I've and been they're becoming with... more and more common. Definitely, I guarantee you have one near you, and it can be life changing if you need it for sure. Oh yeah. So I think so I yeah, just yeah, I think that's good that you shared that and yeah, making some time for yourself slowly, like whenever you're ready, and exercising when you're ready, eating right listening to your body like if you do start to exercise take it slow like you just it took you nine months to get large and grow a baby it is not going to take you two days to go back to normal and if you're someone who's nursing and you hold on to the extra 10 pounds 
right like right. a lot of us do so don't just, feel bad about yeah that. just let that go don't stress yes. out about that listen to yeah what you're time. ready for and like emotionally what you're ready for like I said like I really don't exercise until I, I really want to so when I feel like my babies aren't you know either breastfeeding or they're not breastfeeding as much it's like okay now I'll exercise a little bit and then once they're done then I'm like okay yeah I can like get back into like CrossFit stuff you know and like elliptical stuff yeah. and you know do all that that crazy thing and but that's just what I'm ready for you know you don't have to look like you did before your pregnancy right afterwards even though I know that that's like no that's what everybody wants or that's what a lot of like fitness chicks do and that's cool if that's you if you're like the fitness chick that you can look like you did before six weeks after that's great but that's not like a majority of women (laughs) so no pressure just be really careful like don't compare yourself if you have to wear your maternity jeans for a couple of months no shame I wore my maternity leggings for months because they're really cozy you know what I mean I won't uh, I won't tell you guys who this is but I know someone and I know you're listening (laughs) But I know someone that still wears their maternity pants, and it's like two years later. Probably because they're really cozy. <laughs> they're comfy, you know I mean? and you know what? If you can't tell the difference, no one cares. Only you know. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so. Exactly. You do you. Exactly. Yeah. I hope that this topic has been encouraging to some of you guys. I know everybody's experience is really, really different with postpartum. I so encourage people to seek any sort of help, like talking to a counselor, talking to a friend, you know, talk, talking to your husband if you know that he's someone who will like take it seriously, you know? Right. Um, just make sure you are surviving, you know? I don't want anybody to be drowning because it's so easy to get really deep into that really fast without realizing it. So oh, yeah. it's normal for your hormones and emotions and stuff to be really weird and a lot and different but it's not forever and definitely don't go through it alone yeah don't be the crazy lady alone that was me a lot (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) so anyway i had a good time talking with you about this Um, yeah me too i think that is all we have to say (laughs) on this topic yeah you guys need to tell us what do you guys do to help you guys feel yourselves again what's like the and also what's the biggest change that you guys had postpartum that maybe we didn't mention we would love to hear about it yeah we definitely would feel free to email us you can email us at i was waiting for you to jump our email (laughs) is moms out loud podcast at gmail.com i hope that's correct is that correct Sure. Now I'm blanking. I don't know. Because it's Moms Out Loud Podcast at gmail.com. Do you want to? Yeah. Oh, okay. It is. You can follow us together on Instagram at Moms Out Loud and also on Facebook. And you can follow me at arockwellestate.com and arockwellestate on my Instagram and Facebook. And you can find me at Rachel Player Photography on Instagram, Facebook, and that's also my website. Like we said earlier in the episode, it means so much to us if you would rate and review on iTunes. It's really cool for us to get to see what you guys are thinking, and uh, it helps more moms find us. So we really encourage you that if you are enjoying this to let us know through that. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we will talk to you guys next week. All right. See ya. Bye.